our cars will break down. And when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car. Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Good evening, Detroit Lakes. This is the Vikings Territory Breakdown coming to you crystal clear from Minneapolis, or from the most part of Minneapolis. Well, I'm the only one that's in Minneapolis, actually. Minneapolis slash the Twin Cities. I am your host, Joe Johnson, owner of purpleptsd.com, vikingsterritory.com, miniice.com, and a brand spanking new laptop to up the sound quality on my end. I apologize to everybody who had to sit through figuring, trying to figure out whether I was having tech issues or some sort of late onset stutter last week. Um, a couple of Vikings tidbits to talk about this week. So we, as always, have Mr. Joe Oberly on the line. How are you? Doing? I don't like this new sound. It makes me sound too old. <laughs> no, I'm go good. To, to, uh, complaining about uh, your dog. <laughs> like clockwork, my dog starts barking. Never a dull, never a dull moment uh, here at the Mikey's Territory Breakdown Show. Uh, how you doing, man? Are you um, at all sad about the Kyle Rudolph situation? I don't I, know if you certainly am. interacted with I, him on a personal level very often. Yep, yep, I am. I I am sad. I I it was inevitable, but uh, uh, you know, we kind of thought it was coming last year, and then it didn't, and and uh, we we saw a spring that it was going to come. Yeah, so it's sad. But he's a great guy, wonderful guy um, in the locker room. Uh, I've always thought that, uh, he's, he was always available. Nice guy. Didn't always give you the, the media soundbite until, uh, he was kind of annoyed by something. And then if he was, then you might get a nice, nice little clip from him. But, uh, yeah, wonderful guy. Great for the community. And it, I'm sad to see him go. Yeah. And we'll get into it a little bit more, but the worst part about it is it really accomplished very little in regards to salary cap relief. I mean, I know you got to start somewhere, but yikes. Uh, we were joined uh, again uh, for, I think, the fourth or fifth week in a row. Old Time Faithful. Flies when you're having fun. Old Faithful indeed. Uh, Mr. Tim McNiff, who's ready to blow. Um, that sounded easy, easy there. much dirtier than I anticipated. <laughs> I might have to bring Wait back that stutter, but the seven-second delay. Uh, oh my. How are you doing, man? Did you uh, ever have a chance to uh, interact with uh, Rudy? 
He came right as I was uh, transitioning out of sports. So his rookie in probably his first or second year. And um, so then I went over there for periodically, but, you know, never had a real relationship with him the, the way that, you know, others who would have been there on a regular basis did. So no, no real, but I, like everyone else, I guess I respected how much he did off the field and that what yeah. he and his wife did, of course, there's just um, few athletes that, that probably have come to this market and, and done more than they did in a very genuine way to help. Um, and so that was really something. And then the other thing I think that I don't know that I was ever like a huge fan of him as a player. I mean, I appreciated him. He was okay, <clears throat> but he's a guy who was sort of a uh, reluctant participant. I felt when it came to blocking and yeah. that, that kind of rankled me the wrong way. And then when they, the Keenum season, um, I really felt that um, he really stepped up his game. He was asked to, and he did, whether he was reluctant about that or not, and became more than just a guy who had to block. He was an effective blocker. And then he really carried that on. In the last two years, you saw a dip in his numbers as the game seemed to sort of move around him. Um, but um, I really appreciated the fact that guys usually don't become more physical eight or 10 years into their career, eight, yeah. seven or eight years into their career. Uh, and he did. And I think that that just shows you that um, one, he probably could have been doing more earlier, but two, he really answered the bell when he needed to. And I, I really respect that. You know, it's uh, from day one, he, that was always a, uh, something you'd heard they were going to work on with Rudy was his blocking, you know, cause he, he came in as a great pass catcher and he exemplified that throughout his career and, and pass blocking was the thing he needed to work on. And, like Tim said, it, some of it was reluctant, but then, you know, I think he realized that you'd hear him say it in sound bites. I got to get better at that. And I think he did. My, my, my only criticism of him was well, early on, he had the injury bug that he, I think, corrected in, in later years. But I think as a result, I, I didn't see him being as physical with breaking tackles through the middle part of his career. And, you know, it's ironic this last season, he kind of, uh, uh, Maybe whether he was mad about the way he's being used, but all of a sudden he started breaking tackles and running through people again. I go, man, look at that guy, you know. So it was, uh, it was, uh, it was nice to see, but it's it's sad to see if that's if that's what it uh, took. I don't know if he's protecting himself from injury, and and it was probably a worthwhile thing, but uh, you know, I just always would complain that uh, uh, a small. Uh, defense or corner would it be able to take him down very often? So. We talked a lot about that over the years um, on Morning Joe's, the show that preceded this one. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that it seemed like he was making a conscious decision to just go down on first contact because he had mm-hmm. been accumulating a lot of these injuries, and I think a lot of people kind of conflated that with him not being a competitor or being tough, whatever that means, uh, quantitatively or otherwise. Uh, but I think he was better suited that way. I mean, he, he still caught a tremendous amount of the balls they threw his way. I mean, the last time I checked, I think he was near 85% of the targets they threw his way. Um, he caught. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Bob Sansevier, who does a weekly sort of nano column on uh, both Purple PTSD and Vikings territory, wrote something last night, a, a little anecdote about how uh, Kyle's dad is in a fantasy football league that's been around since, like, pre-internet days, like, you know, paper ledgers and all of that. 
And it's a really strange league. It's not the type of league that I've heard of before. Uh, that they don't give you points for yards or receptions or anything. It's it's strictly touchdowns. And so he was always drafting Kyle. Um, Number one overall. Pretty much. I mean, out of out of loyalty, obviously, but also I mean, there was a point where Rudolph was just nigh uncoverable in in the in the red zone, especially the infrared zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we have yet to see really get replaced by guys like Irv Smith Jr. or Tyler Conklin. And, you know, it's something that, you know, I think that his, what he brought to this team, as you guys kind of alluded to, was more than on the field. I mean, he was one of the first things that I, uh, as someone covers the Vikings, was invited to, uh, his youth camp out at TCO, and we had a, they gave us like three press passes. I went through a couple of our writers, and he did like a post little scrimmage uh, media scrum, and it was right after they had hired D. Filippo, and so I asked him a couple questions, and he was, you know, I I had always been really nervous to actually ask questions for the first time because I never, you know I didn't want to ask something that was stupid or you know, whatever, and I remember him being very thorough in regards to his answer. It was very genuine, and then he thanked me for my question, which actually meant a lot to me, because I think he could tell I was relatively nervous. Um, but I, I wonder, you know, wherever he ends up, if he's still going to be able to do that camp, um, probably not at the Vikings facility, but I mean, there were so many kids and families there, and it was a year-in, year year-out thing. Uh, you know, he was a leader, in the locker room, and I, I think that, you know, it is a little discouraging. You know, I know a lot of, for reasons that I just uh, mentioned, some people are like, whatever, you know, Ursus Jr. is the prototypical sort of uh, wide receiver tight end hybrid. He blocks better than Rudolph did. Rudolph, whatever, we can take, him, take it or leave it. But, you know, when you essentially, assuming the cap's going to be about $180.5 million, which I think a lot of people are settling on that number, the Vikings are still, even with that move, I think about five or six million dollars over the cap, which means that this might be the the first of many moves like this that we see um, in the next couple weeks. I mean, Tim, is that is that the vibe you're getting that this is the first, or is this maybe something uh, from an Ngakwe perspective where we thought that was the first trade of many and then nothing happened? You know, I think that, you know, something I didn't add to the agenda but that, that lends itself to this is that, that was news after we got off the air last week uh, is Anthony Barr um, being resistant to any sort of contract restructure and a lot of people saying, well, the Vikings have reached the peak of kind of kicking the can down the road and giving these guys these extensions and then expecting them to restructure those extensions midway through. I think a lot of guys are just like, I'm not going to do it. Um, it's a player empowerment movement side effect maybe it isn't you know i'm throwing out a lot of different things you can take and run with here but uh i have a sense that we're gonna see a lot of uh core players jettisoned here in the next couple weeks i think league-wide i mean i just don't think the vikings are you know exclusive to this and he'll um he does he cuts five million you know in four point whatever in dead money 4.36 and five one or something like that off the off the books, and they just had to do it. And it's ironic, I thought the last week when I saw Anthony Barr saying what he said, I said, well, that's pretty much what uh, Kyle Rudolph said a couple weeks ago to Ben Lieber. You know, I'm, I'm worth every penny, and I'm not going to restructure, and here we are. So I think that um, 
hard for me to believe that they're going to pay Anthony Barr the kind of money that he is owed. So I, I believe he's the next one. And, and the, you know, there may be a restructure. I mean, I, I understand that they're talking to Harrison Smith about restructuring his contract. I think he will. They always talk to Cousins, and they can take lump sum payout, so it's not a bad thing for them to take the restructure. I think uh, um, Dalvin Cook will probably do that same thing. But I think you're looking at now, you're looking at Anthony Bear uh, and, um, and Harris. Um, and no, yeah, the other, you know, safety. Who am I thinking of? Anthony, Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris. As the two most likely guys, you know, that you you got to have in the crosshairs. Um, I think Rummers has to stay. I mean, I just don't, unless they're going to just take a gamble on somebody else being that good who's out there, you know, in a free agent sense as a, as a tackle. Um, oh, Reef, you mean? So, yeah. Yeah, Reef. I'm sorry, Riley Reef. Yep, forgive me. Yes, and and uh, so I, I believe he stays, but but I, I could be wrong on that one. If I was, I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I was I looked at your agenda, Joe, and there was uh, a few of the wish list guys you were talking about potentially coming here that you mentioned, and, and to me, it all seems kind of moot at this point since they do have so little uh, room. Uh, the the I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see more names falling before we ever see the Vikings getting in on uh, and making news on, on anybody new, uh, unfortunately, because, and as Tim mentioned, it's, it's going to be league wide, but the thing is, you know, uh, these guys are going to get cut from the other teams probably because they're going to have big cap numbers and they're going to come wanting, looking for, come here, looking for money and where, or, or wherever they're going to go. And what are you going to do? You know, there's no room to fit them in. So I just think this is going to be one of the more interesting off free agency periods off season because because of that fact that you have all these guys that are going to have to you know take a walk and they're going to want their money and they they might not some of them will get it some of them won't and it, it's just it's it's going to be fascinating on how it all shakes out there we've all seen all the quarterback movement going on this spring or or speculation thereof I think we're going to see that plenty more with with the rest of the some big name players and big name contracts. Yeah. It's really unfortunate that this, I mean, I'm not taking away from where it came from with COVID being much larger than football, but the timing of it with the Vikings being just over the cap, when it feels like lots of teams that are either on the, on the fringe of being a contender or are, are in that conversation but have cap space a la the, the Colts, have the real gigantic upper hand here in a way that I think we haven't ever really seen in the NFL. I mean, there's going to be so many guys available that are, you know, maybe a little over 30 uh, or are maybe under 30, uh, but you know, just resistant to restructures. I mean, it's going to be, as Tim said, and you said as well, Joe, it's going to be league-wide, and it's going to be crazy. I mean, I don't know how the things are going to go with Reef. I think that it's every variable that I look at there really freaks me out because he is probably a little salty in regards to how he was treated before the season started last year. I mean, there was like, I felt like a week before uh, the kickoff for the regular season. And they're trying to get him to basically take this uh, lower amount. And, you know, he's in his early 30s. And they're basically like, well, yeah, you can walk. 
but then you have 10 days to find another job and then acclimate to that line. It, it just, he, he basically at first resisted it. Then he was like, well, I can ride it out for this year. And the Vikings gambled in that regard. And then Reef had arguably his best year as a pro, at least his best year as a Viking. And so I don't see him taking much of a pay cut, uh, if, if anything. And I think that the uh, the million-dollar bonus they gave him that they didn't technically have to because he sat out the, the that, that time, the non-injury-related time, um, was kind of an olive branch and saying, like, see, we made up for last year, so don't, you know, yep, don't bring us over the cool too much, you know what I mean? But We're nice, guys! <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But it, it is a little scary, because it feels like, I don't know, I mean, I, I put on the agenda this article about uh, Leonard Williams and how this guy from Pro Football Outsiders or something said that if the Vikings were to add him and then play him ne- next to Michael Pierce and put these two giant guys in the middle of the defensive line, they would essentially catapult the Vikings into Super Bowl contention again. And I, I don't think that guy watched many Vikings games. I think he just looked at the DVOA on defense and said, well, the pass defense was good. This was good. That was good. But the rush defense was terrible. Therefore, if you kind of put the rush defense into the top 10 alongside these other things, this team will be great. Um, I, I, I just, I don't know. That's a national media thing, and I think that happens a lot. Not a lot of these guys can really cover all 32 teams. But from an eye test perspective, I don't think anyone who covers the Vikings really feel it, feels like at this point um, – Money notwithstanding, this the, the the Vikings are one player away from a Super Bowl unless somehow that one player was Patrick Mahomes, uh, and that that's before you get into the the point of they can't even afford a guy like Leonard Williams uh, in the first place, uh, and because of that they're going to lose more core players than they gain. I mean, I just think that we're in the in year two of a. Of a complete teardown and rebuild, and argument maybe could be made to rip the bandaid off sooner and just move on from as many of these guys as possible uh, to lower the the, the cap uh, gap and also uh, let them go somewhere else. Because what are we gonna do? Let them Harrison Smith age more um, here? I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of thinking out there in the media both locally and nationally I just don't get where a lot of this stuff is coming from it just feels like this team is broke and they got a lot of digging to get out of that situation and they have a lot of uh, question marks outside of that and they'll be even more so moving forward and then you go back to the core issue which is the offensive line which looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better if that's at all possible and so I, I, tr- I really don't try to be this negative for effect but I just feel like there's a disconnect between the reality of the team and what a lot of people are writing about I mean Joe you the, the wish list people have like the, we can't afford any of these people I just don't know where this is coming from it's uh it's it's more than one person I mean it, you know it's a shame they are in a rebuild that uh, 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 because the offense is in really pretty good shape, save for the offensive line. Uh, you, but it's going to take it's going to take a few players on defense. You need an edge rusher, you need an interior lineman, you need a, uh, another linebacker, and you you got to figure out your your secondary. You've got to keep your safeties and and maybe add a, a, another cornerback. So there, there's and then you know we don't even talk about the special teams because Dan Bailey will likely be a cap casualty and you got to figure out how to uh, uh, get special teams to perform better on coverage and such so uh, there, there's no way we are in uh, 
Herschel Walker mode where we're one player away. We've been there, we've done that, and it didn't work. So uh, it, it's going to take more than that, in my opinion. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, we haven't even brought up Daniel Hunter's name. I mean, so Daniel Hunter signed that that extended contract, and now they're whether this is real or manufactured, he either is or is not, you know, dissatisfied with that contract already, wants to renegotiate that, you know, so, so what do you do there? I mean, I, I, that's another hard one. And, and I love the kid and he's very talented, but man, you know, we missed the entire season and we were told he was just going to be out a couple of days. And so what's up with the neck, you know, are we ever going to get like any sort of, you know, clarity as to, what the damage is and what the potential for re-injury is. And is he going to be the same guy? So, you know, I don't know where he would have a lot of leverage other than before last year, I was really, really, really good. Um, and that contract I signed, which I signed with my own eyes and ears and agent, I don't like it anymore. Well, is that the team's fault or is that your agent's fault? You know, and so I, I don't know. You know, that's a, that's a, when we start talking about, you know, what we have, is that an asset we have? And is that asset, ready to to go and if he is will he be happy being here so it'll just there's more there's more questions and answers um and which i guess keeps it interesting yeah i mean it's good fodder it's good i mean our traffic not that people care about this but is it's just insane i think vikings fans are very voracious in regards to just the, the amount of opportunity and and what everyone everyone has the theory as to how uh, they can fix this team uh, either in, in the long and short of it. The the Daniel Hunter thing is unfortunate because you feel like, you know, if that was such an, an untenable situation financially, saving for that injury, they could trade him and get a boatload of picks. I mean, he's just – is there any position outside of the quarterback position, well, especially on defense, I guess, that's blown up or become more – crucial to the success of an NFL team than the edge rushing position. It's just increasingly important uh, for obvious <clears throat> reasons. And, you know, he's arguably, uh, for his injury, the, the best young edge rusher perhaps in NFL history. He broke a lot of records. Uh, and so it's it's just, yeah, I, I shudder to think that, again, like the Riley Reeves situation, is you look at that, Every single variable in that situation is bad for the Vikings. The injury, his contract, his unhappiness with it. Uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of leverage. To him, he might say, well, this is why I need to make more money year to year because I could be one play away from never playing again, you know, and that's an argument against franchise uh, when, when guys get the franchise tag. Speaking of the franchise tag, then you get into uh, Anthony Harris, who I think a lot of people are just kind of uh, assume, uh, presuming will be gone. You know, he didn't have yeah. the, the, the great year that he did. Uh, not to say that he played poorly, but he wasn't the ball hawk that he was the year before. Uh, but I, I've seen him ranked as the seventh best free agent as of now. I mean, there's going to be a lot more free agents. I think those lists also uh, give credit to. But getting back and putting kind of a pin in the Kyle Rudolph thing, I mean – do you guys feel like he still got enough gas in the tank that a team, maybe a contender, or somebody will give him a decent contract? Uh, 
how old is he now? Thirty-two, maybe. Thirty-one, I think. Okay, so you know, he, you know, he's still technically, I think, in his physical prime. You know, a lot of people pointed to him landing in. So am I. <laughs> I think we can hear your knee uh, <laughs> when you talk. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different um, teams that people are pointing to. I think the the ones that maybe make sense to me are the Patriots or the um, Browns um, with Stefanski being there. But I mean, his services are still very in very high demand considering how many touchdowns he, he seems to grab. Uh, but I, I feel like he'll he'll um, get a pretty good deal somewhere else. Is that your take on it, Joe? Uh, I I think they're you know yeah that was one of them that was mentioned. I heard some talk about it on 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 the radio today and uh, uh, going to to the Browns and such. I, I I certainly think he's got plenty to give. And you know you saw I, you know here's a guy who now has moved into this part of his career where he has you know, put aside the injury bug and he has improved himself as a blocker and he has made some great one-handed catches, highlight reel catches in the last few years. And his biggest prop. Yeah. His biggest problem was he wasn't apparently getting targeted enough, you know? So I think he's got all kinds of stuff left in the tank. He'd be a great guy to have on your team. He might've lost a step as far as speed and such, but he came out kind of ticked off last year and started breaking tackles. So, um, if, if I was, a, a good tight end away from, uh, uh, you know, making noise in the playoffs, I'd pick him up. I, you know, I, I don't think he'd go to a place like KC that was speculated, uh, yeah. because a year ago, because, you know, he's not going to get on the field and I think he wants to play. And I think he wants the ball coming his way. So, uh, um, uh, but there's plenty of teams that, that, uh, you know, if he came in for the right number. Uh, uh, they, they they would be happy to have him. There's no question about that. He's He's got another couple of years, I think, he can play at a top level. What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, he, he, he'll he be motivated. I think Joe said, you know, that, he, you know, he seemed to, like, pick up his game because he was kind of playing for his, you know, his job. And, and so I think he'll do that wherever he goes. But Here's a guy I think who just had enough talent as a basketball player and as just a young athlete. He liked to catch passes and he was a mismatch and he didn't really have to worry about the rest of the game. And he's as he's grown up, he's he's bought into doing the rest of the game. But I don't see teams like just banging down the door like today, just going, "Wow, Kyle Rudolph's available," you know? Yeah. So yeah. so sort of be well, does he fit? And if he does, is that as a two tight a tight end set? Because he's mm-hmm. not going to start all of a sudden running away from people. I mean, you know, people saying that he's going to go to Kansas City. Well, they got a pretty good tight end there, barring barring injury. So it's not like he's going to go in there and, and be the starter. So what is the fit? And, you know, what is the option? Does he want to win a ring? You know, does he end up, you know, with a team that's you know, maybe a player or two away from it? So, I, you know, it's interesting the criteria they use. I mean, I, I thought with uh, J.J. Watt, I, I wasn't, like, losing sleep over it, but I really was concerned that he was going to maybe take a little less and go to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And, and and I felt honestly a little sense of relief when I saw that he had uh, agreed to a contract with Arizona. So, you know what what the priorities are and and um, what is the fit. So I think he'll have options. Financially, I don't think that will ultimately be the driver for him because I just don't think he's going to be pleased with what he gets. Yeah, and there's some reports coming out saying that he's he wants to go to the Patriots uh, from this morning, and I. Uh, I, 
maybe he's thinking in the way that they use tight ends in the past, but the, hmm. uh, I don't feel like the Patriots are near contention uh, right now. But who knows with Belichick uh, and all these available players out there, maybe he'll put something together that's quasi against league rules and he is a community man though and you know he was a big cincinnati guy and you could see him going back there and you know uh be you know already with roots roots in that area maybe you know that that seems real important to him you know off the field kind of things and you know for me it would be a shame i wanted him so bad to win man of the year while he was here because i think he was very capable he was close to a finalist a couple years ago i think and and yeah, I, I think that's what you're going to see happen. Now he'll go somewhere else, and you know, maybe, maybe ha- you know, come in and play really well, and be- get all kinds of attention in a bigger market, and and, and maybe he could win the thing, and that would be nice. But uh, um, I, I think he'll, I think he'll catch on somewhere. And you know, I, I, like Tim says, the right fit and the right money, and and uh, and he'll 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 get to have his his year of sea Vikings. You could have had this or. Yep. Like usual, but uh, usually it's a the case, isn't it? Not just players, but franchises. It's just like we get it. We're cursed. Yep. Uh, Returning to the Patriots, just a minute, Joe. You know, yeah. I, mean, I think they had more more players, veterans, choose to sit out last year than any other team. That's true. So, so you know, it's not like they all of a sudden, you know, Belichick forgot how to coach or they got really bad. But obviously, they they need a quarterback. So that would be his first question: is well, who's throwing the ball? And if it's if it's Cincinnati, I mean, all he's got to do is call Mackenzie Alexander and say, "How was that?" You know, I mean, what was that experience all about? What's that organization all about? Because I think he's just, a, you know, he's got to be looking at it that he's got, you know, less time in front of him than he's got behind him. So if it is to be, you know, playing a specific role for a certain dollar level, then the payoff has to be, can I get a ring? And and I think so. That's got to be fit. And, and, you know, the organization. So I, I think it's probably, to me, much more likely that he ends up um, in New England where he may not know who the quarterback is versus Cincinnati where he knows who the quarterback is, but that's been kind of a hot mess for how long. You know, I wonder if Gronk will be back, and I know that Tampa was without uh, uh, Howard, um, O.J. Howard. Um, O.J. Howard, yeah. Last season, and he's a stud uh, himself. But if Gronk doesn't come back and uh, hmm. they, they want to go with a, kind of a, either two tight, lot more two tight end sets or just a guy who, again, reliably catches 85% of the ball thrown his way, especially in the end zone, that could be really mm-hmm. great. I think so. For Rudolph. I would root for him. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that would be great. Uh, to see him win something. I, I remember. Then you'd have to root for Tom Brady then. So what's up? Well, with that? I mean, I always kind of. I don't want to completely ruin any sort of credibility I have, but I kind of do sometimes just because. Uh, I don't know if you know if you guys are aware of this, but he's a Big Ten quarterback. So uh, there's that. Uh, <laughs> Did you see him on James Gordon last night? Brady? I did not. Yeah. Was he drunk? Well, he talks about it. He, he was he was uh, pr- pretty funny. You know, he was asked about, you know, throwing the the um the trophy and he yeah. said, you know, kind of the big the star of that whole thing is if you hear right before I throw it, you hear somebody saying, you know, don't and that's my 8-year-old daughter. <laughs> Vivi, I think his name is. He goes, "So, what does the situation tell you when an 8-year-old knows you shouldn't be doing something and you think it's a pretty good idea?" <laughs> 
I thought that it was, was kind of funny. an overblown controversy. You know, the daughter of the guy who designed the trophy was all saying how disrespectful it was to her father. And it's like, it's not like he got, I don't know, I'm a very big intent person. I don't think his intention was to uh, disrespect the the memory of uh, a guy who created a clay version of the trophy. Uh, I don't know. I, I think people like it. It's the shaped like a football. Exactly. See football, throw football. Come on. And, like, when Brady is so Brady that I'm sure that's the first alcohol he's consumed in <laughs> years. You know, I'm sure his personal trainer made him, like, sit in a 200-degree sauna for six days after that. It was. I it, hope it, it was an IPA that had kale in it because then, <laughs> then he could probably drink. That, yeah. Um, an avocado. Um, you know, it was like nice to see a human side of a guy who just seems not on yeah, this world. In I would agree. Lots of it, ways. You know, we say that, but I mean, like, it, you know, you never hear his teammates complain about him. You know what I mean? They all seem like he's a great guy in the locker room. And, and, um, yeah, I don't know if it was the first beer he's consumed and whatever, but it was definitely the most. And, and, and I think it was tequila, you yeah. know, and I liked seeing him get loose and sloppy. You know what I mean? He wasn't driving. And, and you know, I, I just think to see him do something like that, I mean, I thought it was hilarious. And it was a completely overblown controversy, but then it makes you think, too, what, what if it was, you know, Patrick Mahomes who had done that? What yeah. if it was, you know, an African-American quarterback? You know, yeah. would that have been a bigger deal? Did Brady get away with it because he's Tom Brady? Yeah. And and yeah, I, I mean, they're like uh, the hockey people were like, do you know what happens to the Stanley Cup? I know. <laughs> uh, there's so much like the oh, remnants of alcohol uh, in that. Also, I noticed I, I've seen the Stanley Cup in person a few times and I was surprised at how many typos were on it and like names that were just crossed out. Um, maybe it's all I'm, those French Canadians from way back. It then. has to be. Um that that is a uh, side note, the best sports trophy in my opinion, the Stanley Cup. It's so no cool. Question. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, a good. You know, I hope Rudolph finds a, a a place where he can, you know, get the, the maybe some more accolades on that side of it. Joe, as you alluded to, I mean, I know there was a huge push from the fan and the media community here for him to win the Walter Payton Man of the Year award a couple years ago, and I was really surprised he didn't because there was such a, a gigantic push by everybody for him yeah. to do that. Uh, but for the Vikings, they put that, mean, Excuse me, Joe. They put out that video, Dear Kyle. I mean, if mm-hmm. people were reposting that with his movie last night, yeah, I mean, if you just feel like you want a good cry, just yeah. watch Dear Kyle. Right. That doesn't yeah. do it. And he wrote a, a really nice uh, farewell letter to the people of Minnesota and Players Tribune which uh, people should definitely check out. I'll probably, I'll, I'll put a link to that in the article about this show if you're listening to the show uh, on a podcast platform. It's sort of like this territory. And that's Kyle Rudolph. That, that's Big Kyle time. Rudolph, you know, coming through there. I mean, we saw, we heard all, just talk about the the uh, 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 podcast with Ben Lieber where he was out, he was probably a little raw from from news coming down that he might not be back and, and or, or, they were in negotiations or whatever caused that. And that, that's Kyle too. But I, I think this, this thing that he put out about uh, how much he loves this place. And that's really who that guy is. And, and he's a genuine dude. So we'll miss him. I certainly will. And how do you guys feel about the, the future of the position as uh, it stands right now? I mean, I feel like they had a really good one, two punch with Irv Smith and, and Rudolph, you know, one was 
more traditional. I you know I wanted to say more of a physical tight end because that's just the way that he played. He wasn't Rudolph wasn't getting a lot of separation, uh, but he also wasn't like a, a prototypical physical tight end. But you got to get what I mean. Uh, Ursula Jr. is a little more of a uh, wide receiver, uh, can kind of beat you over the top. Uh, but I, I think but that everybody always says that, Joe. But when does he do it? Uh, okay, I mean, that, I gotta is, 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 the issue, how... is the issue Irv Smith or is the issue with the way they've used him? Because he is for what they used him, a draft pick on him and everything. Have you seen the payoff for that? I um was going to, yes, okay, so that's cut was going to be real kind of my two cents on, on it. I know he had a couple uh quote unquote breakout games this year, but. He was a second-round pick, right? I think that's correct. Yeah, I think so. I I just feel like they could have taken a lot of different guys at that spot, and it just doesn't feel – I know it's hard, especially with tight ends. They don't get – you know, there's not a lot of tight ends racking up 100-yard games, and so it's hard to – you know, maybe expectations need to be tweaked. But I kind of felt the same way about Irv Smith as I did about B.C. Johnson two years ago, where everyone was like, this guy's a revelation. And our expectations were just so low because of guys like Treadwell that I think we conflated mediocrity or sub-mediocrity with, with success. And so I am just not 100% sold that the – the, what the team got out of Rudolph, which is very consistent, especially, again, touchdowns, is going to be replicated by Irv Smith and or uh, Tyler Conklin. I didn't, Do we know what kind of blockers they are, too? I mean, you know, I, we, we are all of a sudden losing. I was pleasantly surprised when they, okay. about Irv Smith. Conklin, I, that's, a, you know, that's what got him there. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, I we had Red Ellison, you know, and then we had a couple other guys who were always going to be that guy. And every time Tyler Conklin got an opportunity, you know, that's why he talked about you know, Rudolph being kind of a reluctant participant in it because he knew he didn't have to really. They were still going to throw him the ball. They weren't going to bench him. Tyler Conklin. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, whether it's a car, truck, or SUV. You can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary. Our cars will break down, and when they do, the repair bill can be devastating. Not anymore. You need Protect My Car, 
Whether it's a car, truck, or SUV, you can stop paying expensive repair bills. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now to see if you could qualify. Just tell us the make and model and get an instant quote right over the phone and get coverage today. For cars between 2008 and newer, expensive repairs for the engine, transmission, and much more can become a thing of the past. Call Protect My Car at 800-392-8795 now before your next repair bill hits. For total protection of your car, truck, or SUV, and less repair bills, plus free oil changes, free tire rotations, and free roadside assistance. Just call 800-392-8795 now. Protect your car and your wallet. Call 800-392-8795. Paid for by Protect My Car. Restrictions may apply. Plans and costs for coverage may vary.